it's another big weekend for Bitcoin. So what can we expect from Bitcoin as we go into the weekend? As you know, weekends can be a little dicey, a little up and down. This is a holiday weekend in the United States. It's the 4th of July weekend. And the 4th of July holiday will actually be observed Monday. So the markets in the United States, traditional markets will not be open on Monday. So a lot of traders will not be active Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. The institutions will not be trading Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So a uh, quick look at the crypto market. Uh, Bitcoin is still in that 33,000, uh, low 33,000 range. Ethereum has dropped a little bit to 2,000. And again, something that's fun to do with this coin market cap, where you can look at all these coins, is you can go in here and you can sort and see which ones of the altcoins are doing the best and kind of maybe start tracking this and looking on a daily basis because these things are, it's really interesting. It's back and forth every day. One day they're up, one day they're down and it's pretty consistent across the board that most of them are all up and most of them are all down. So a lot of liquidity is being created here. A lot of these um, institutions and funds are trading the altcoins to generate liquidity. Uh, for uh, other investments and, and just in general, just for yield and returns. You can also sort this and see which ones are down and by how much. And it's really interesting which ones are up and down. Internet computer, if you're um, wanting to trade and play with some of these altcoins, what you could do is go look at which ones are up and down the most. And consistently, internet computer is a big one. This coin debuted probably, let's look at this. So you can go down, you can look at the daily, you can look at the last seven days. Let's look at daily here. You can look at daily. Uh, you can look at the last seven days, one month, three months, one year. But I think this coin debuted uh, probably a couple of months ago. And it's really interesting. It started out at 300 and something dollars. I think it was oh, $429. So it debuted at 429 uh, and very quickly started dropping down to about $100 and then it kind of slowly worked its way down in the $100 range, up and down, up and down, up and down, all the way down to where it is today, which is $41. So if you look at the last seven days, you can kind of see a trading range of where this had a low of about 28 bucks um, on the 26th of June. And then the 29th of June, it had a high of around $57, $58. So that right there was a play from $28.99 to $57. So that's a little over two, a little over doubling your money there, a little over 100% um, return in about uh, three or four days. So some of these can be pretty good, but then again, it's down back to 42, but you're still up uh, over that $28 range. So basically doubling your investment in a few days. So some of these can be fun. You gotta, you gotta be careful. You have to watch out um, on some of these coins, but you can get in and out of them, some of them uh, pretty quickly like that. Double your returns, earn you know, 10, 15, 20% in a day or two on some of these things. So it's really interesting, which kind of leads us to Bitcoin. We'll get to that in a little bit in terms of what's been going on with that. But one thing that's really interesting, so there's been a lot of really good news about Bitcoin. So the fundamentals are really good with Bitcoin, but the technicals have been awful. Uh, the charts, the technicals, all the indicators will tell you that Bitcoin, you know, we're in a down market. We'll look at that in a minute. Um, and we should be a lot further down, but there's a lot of um, really good fundamentals that are um, keeping Bitcoin up, keeping it strong. It should arguably be a lot higher based on these fundamentals. Um, Fed Chair Powell met with Coinbase uh, CEO Brian Armstrong in May. 
So the Fed uh, is looking at cryptocurrency market, cryptocurrencies in general, Bitcoin, and the entire cryptocurrency space is getting more and more broad adoption. One of the biggest issues for institutions, uh, meaning investment funds, hedge funds, pension funds, life companies, uh, corporations, was just the stigma of the cryptocurrency market in general, the association with the market. Uh, so a lot of that is going away. A lot of institutions and banks stayed away from crypto just because of the uh, association and some of the clients that they would lose if they were uh, engaged in those activities. So that can kind of like a lot of people wonder what the double messaging out of JP Morgan is between Jamie Dimon distancing himself and the bank actually doing some things. It's all about the clients. So Jamie uh, Jamie Dimon is the face of the company. So he has to keep everybody happy. He has to play the politician. So uh, he has to have his public uh, persona about the space and about the business. And then behind the scenes, they're not behind the scenes, but the, you know, the bank's customers are saying, look, we want uh, exposure to this asset. It's volatile. It's got a lot of great moves. They can trade the action and the volatility. So the clients want exposure. So these banks have to serve their clients or the clients will go elsewhere to these other companies uh, and other banks that are setting up shop and allowing trading and exposure to the price action and the volatility of the asset. Um, so something to keep an eye out. The Fed is going to come out with their June meeting minutes next uh, next week. Uh, I think it's on Wednesday that that comes out. That could be a market mover, just like we saw in April. So um, the only real risk on the horizon um, would be a market accident that could really dramatically affect Bitcoin in terms of a big sell-off. So that's something to keep an eye on as the Fed and keep an eye on traditional markets. Uh, markets are up right now. So a lot of the liquidity is still going into the markets. The treasuries are down, yields are down in treasuries. So risk on is still the trade. And Bitcoin is a risk on trade. It is, it is not a flight to safety. It is not a hedge. Um, and it is not a safe haven. It is a risk on asset. So risk capital is what flows in and out of Bitcoin. And right now, not a lot, not a lot of capital is flowing in because I think there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of what is the fair market value of Bitcoin. I think that's what um, a lot of people are struggling with right now uh, on the institutional level. They're just trying to get a grip on a fair price for Bitcoin where they want to enter. You've heard that number of 20,000. I think across the board, most institutional investors would be happy with a $20,000 entry. Uh, so they're kind of waiting to see if the market is going to get there. The market makers are working in that direction. But if this level holds, then they may have to enter at this level and you go up from here, especially if you get some ETFs approved. Um, so the SEC commissioner um, has said that a, B, that a Bitcoin ETF is overdue and argued that uh, prior rejections for such funds are kind of double standard. Um, so there is more pressure on the SEC to approve ETFs and the more people that apply, um, the more broadly adopted that cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin become, um, the more pressure that the SEC is going to face and the administration is going to face in terms of uh, um, working more towards accepting the trends and regulatory um, guidelines of the assets and adopting these ETFs. So if we can see some of these things um, finally get pushed through, that's going to affect the markets in a, in a big way. Uh, we have Grayscale that's unlocking um, some of their liquidity. They're opening up and allowing investors to um, cash in their shares and liquidate in mid-July. So we'll see what that is going to ultimately do. There's one school of thought that says it's going to put pressure on uh, Bitcoin. There's another school of thought 
that says that it could actually boost the price because the investors in there may have to go in order to um, uh, get rid of, in order to liquidate their shares, they may have to go buy Bitcoin to pay back what they borrowed. So uh, it could be interesting to see how that shakes out, what kind of buying pressure there is, what kind of selling pressure. And a lot of those people could just re-up into in the trust and it may not, it may not be, it may be a non-issue, a non-news story by the time it happens, but um, you know how it goes, buy the rumor, sell the news. So we'll just have to keep watching as we get closer to July 17th when that um, lockup is, uh, expires and everybody can get in there. And as you look at some of the news out there, um, there's all kinds of great news. Investors cashing out of Grayscale, but Bitcoin Trust might bring a market boost. Grayscale adds Cardona, Cardano. Um, so there's all kinds of great news. Also, you've heard the story about the banks that are now allowing um, people to buy and sell Bitcoin and probably Ethereum is coming next through the banking application. So that's kind of like PayPal or Square or Venmo that are kind of doing the same thing, Robinhood. Um, I would assume that all of the other uh, stock trading platforms are going to get involved in crypto and allow their customers to trade crypto through those as well. At some point, you're going to be able to, to trade crypto just like any other stock pretty much anywhere from your phone. Um, the other thing that's interesting is Jay Powell and the Fed is kind of saying they're maybe not seeing a need for a digital currency for the CBC. Uh, central bank digital currency, CBDC. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. There's a white paper due this summer and they're kind of saying that it may not be necessary. And the reasoning and thought process behind that is that, I mean, money is almost digital as it is now in this country, in the United States. It's, it's the um, international exchange and trade that's a little bit more cumbersome and difficult depending on the amounts you're trying to exchange. But as far as inside the United States alone, there's really no need. Money's almost digital anyways. Almost nobody carries and uses cash. A lot of people, some people do, but most people don't, uh, especially with Venmo and banking apps and Zelle and things like that. Um, there's all kinds of ways to uh, send money to people inside the country for free um, or very little cost. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out and where that ultimately goes. We'll see how China's experiment is going with the digital yuan and um, what they ultimately do with that. I know their uh, hopes are that the world at large will adopt that and that's just not going to happen. They're too unstable as a government to have any real impact on currency, a world currency. So here's the Bitcoin chart. And um, what's interesting here, as we look at this chart, we'll take a, um, take a big look at it here in terms of where we're at, where we're going. And everybody's talking about all kinds of different patterns, Wyckoff uh, distribution, Wyckoff accumulation, that big debate. I've had a couple of Wyckoff experts on here, so make sure you check those videos out. The latest one uh, seemed to agree that this is more of a distributive pattern here. Um, possible, uh, obviously this is a possible liquidity range where uh, there's such a broad range here between our lows of 30,000 to the highs of 40,000, that 30 to $40,000 range. We've been stepping up in that range from 35 to 40, stepping down from 30 to 35. And it's kind of tightening a little bit here today where it's been 30 to 33, 32, 33, kind of in that range. Um, we have this macro shoulder head shoulder scenario that a lot of people have been talking about that is soon to be invalidated if we don't continue down from here. Um, this, this, you know, then the next thing could be, is this a cup and handle? Is this the handle? And then the cup is in this area here. Um, so that's another thing that people are looking at different analysts in terms of where this could go next. And again, with technical analysis, all that is, is tracking and charting the price action of an asset. So, 
um, you're looking at uh, predicting the probability of a move. So that's what technical analysis can do is that you just look at these patterns, you look at the price activity, and you go back and look at the history of the asset to kind of try to draw some sort of a uh, conclusion of what's probable, not just possible, because really anything's possible, right? But what's the probability? What's the likelihood of an outcome that you're projecting based on technicals and what's going on? There's obviously market operators involved here um, in terms of generating liquidity here and driving price action. So at the end of the day, they're trying to determine where are the buyers? And as you can see, volume is dipping lower and lower as we go into the weekend here. It hasn't been really tremendous at all this week. And you really need a lot of volume to drive price action in an asset. Um, so volume's dipping. So they're trying to find out where's the appetite? Where do people want to buy? So the uh, institutions are sending the message, a clear message. We want to be in at 20,000. So the market makers, their main goal is to drive the market towards that price point to get the institutions involved to then drive the market back up. How high will it go? We don't know. Is 65 the ultimate top? Is 35, is 40 the ultimate top? We just don't know right now. Um, where that's going to be and where it's going to end up. But what we do know is that the market maker out there is trying to find out. We are in price discovery. We are in maturation of the asset in order for this to be adopted from an institutional standpoint. A lot of institutions are cash right now. They are not interested in getting into this asset right now because there's no certainty. We don't know if it's going to go down. We don't know if it's going to go up. They can jump in and catch it on the way up. And they're less afraid of that than jumping in and losing it on the way down right now. So that's what's stopping everybody from jumping in. So with all of the good news, with all of the strong fundamentals of the, not just Bitcoin, but the cryptocurrency space in general, it is the future of finance. It is the future of uh, the industry. A lot of great things happening in terms of the, the, the venture capital projects in the space of cryptocurrency. As far as Bitcoin goes, you know, Bitcoin is an asset. It's a, it's a store of value. It's not a great store of value yet because it's so volatile. A true store of value should not be as volatile as Bitcoin. And what I mean by that is traditionally your stores of value are a little less volatile, more consistent real estate, uh, fine arts, uh, antiquities, things like that, gold, you know, but gold's been a little volatile lately, especially with the liquidity that's been pumped into the market. So we need to see a little bit more stabilization, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely property. The IRS has called it property. It's taxed um, as an asset like property on capital gains. So you know, it's definitely not viewed as or used as a currency. It's not an efficient means of a currency. Um, so um, it'll be interesting to see how this settles out, where it goes. And that's really what the institutions are waiting for. They're waiting for a stable price so that they have full confidence that when they do get involved, it's not going to just, the bottom's not going to fall out on them. And there's enough um, activity, enough volume, and enough per participants to drive this up. Um, and keep it stable at a certain level for, you know, a slower increase. But right now for market makers and traders, this range right here is just fantastic. It's just literally a, a fantastic range of liquidity to be generated um, while we're figuring this thing out and uh, trying to understand which way it's going to go. So uh, it'll be an interesting weekend to see what it looks like. Volume's already tapering off. Uh, Monday, the United States, the institutions um, are not trading on Monday. So um, we don't know what this weekend's going to look like. They've been pr pretty stable and steady for the last couple of weekends. Um, there was a lot of predictions that we could see a lot of volatility and, and big sell-offs or whatever over the last few weekends, and it, was, it wasn't bad. It was pretty steady, pretty stable, but it is Bitcoin. We still don't know what this asset can do. 
And that is the problem from an institutional level, from banks, hedge funds, investment funds, pension funds. They are getting involved, but they're committing a very small percentage of their assets, a very small allocation right now because nobody trusts this asset. And you have to be able to trust the asset in order to commit a large sum of capital uh, into this. Even Michael Saylor the other day was on an interview and he was kind of asked uh, if he's all in. He's not all in. MicroStrategy may be all in, but that's not his money. That's borrowed money. Uh, it's investor capital. It's not his personal fortune. And he did not indicate that he's all in from a personal standpoint. So even somebody who is just all Bitcoin and out there in front of everybody, even he is not 100% all in because he's not sure where this thing's going right now. So ultimately, he, he believes it's going to go up and continue to go up and, and you know, go to all time highs above 65. But he's not backing that up by going all in at this point, because even he feels like there's potentially some more downside yet before we <clears throat> before we start heading back up. So that's kind of what the institutions, investment funds, and uh, high net worth um, individuals like family offices, um, things like that are kind of waiting for. They're kind of waiting for this thing to level off and just have surety that we have a base um, put in and we need to understand where that base is. If this goes down, we need to understand where is it going to stop. That's what they're looking for. They need to know where the bottom is before they jump in at a big scale, at, at big scale, at big level um, to ride this thing out into the future. But the good news is there's a lot of great fundamentals. The space is expanding every day. More and more uh, people are coming on board. There's more and more broad scale adoption uh, and interest in this asset. And a lot of the stigma is going away every day um, that's associated with the space. And as long as we don't have a big accident in the market, um, we should be able to work our way through this consolidation, figure out a bottom, and then we can be back on an upward trend again. But that has to happen. We have to, we have to consolidate. We have to hit a bottom. We have to figure out what's the low point on this asset. Where is a point that we're probably not going to go below unless there's, like I said, a major market accident that all bets are off and everything is selling off and tanking. Then, then you just don't know. And there's a lot of uncertainty right, right now in the traditional markets as well between what's going on in the United States and the world at large in terms of the economy. We're still coming out of the pandemic in this country. Other countries are still struggling and having issues with the new Delta variant. So we're not out of the woods yet for the pandemic and how that is affecting the supply chain and the economy from a global scale. We are a global economy. We are all connected economically, globally. There's people watching this from all over the world. And as you know, I talk about all kinds of things from real estate to the economy, to finance, to different types of uh, investments and assets. So we have all kinds of discussions around entrepreneurship, finance, real estate, everything. And these concepts and these um, these things are worldwide, right? We're all uh, we're all on the same team. We're all one world. We're all one people. So it's really interesting and exciting times. Um, the cryptocurrency space is just beginning. That's the fun thing. That's what's really so interesting about all this is we're at the very beginning, even right here, uh, where we're at with Bitcoin right now. We're still in the early stages. This is only a 10-year-old asset, you know, maybe what, 12, 12 years old uh, as an asset. Um, the cryptocurrency space is 10, 12, 14 years old in and of itself. So we are at the very beginnings. This is like being at the beginning of the internet revolution back when that all started, uh, before the internet was a thing. And, you know, I remember the first time I turned a computer on, I remember my first email I sent, I remember my first smartphone. Um, so it wasn't all that long ago. And here we are at the beginning of a whole new era of, um, technology that we none of us really fully grasp or understand the full potential of these uh, of these spaces, these assets, these markets. So exciting times. And um, 
wherever you are in the world, I want to wish you a, uh, a wonderful weekend if you're in the United States and celebrating the 4th of July, or if you are a U.S. citizen abroad and you're celebrating the 4th of July, happy 4th of July. And we will talk to you soon. I'll bring some updates over the weekend, uh, especially if we get significant price action. And we will see you on the next video.